Ezra chapter 9, verse 1. Now when these things were done, the princes drew near unto me, saying, The people of Israel and the priests and the Levites have not separated themselves from the peoples of the lands, doing according to their abominations, even of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, the Ammonites, the Moabites, the Egyptians, and the Amorites. Now that Ezra is there to teach the law, they're announcing to him that a lot of the Levites who went back have not been obeying the law. They have actually intermarried with the pagans. And God does not allow Israelites to intermarry with pagans, but that is what they did when they came back. 2. For they have taken of their daughters for themselves and for their sons, so that the holy seed have mingled themselves with the peoples of the lands. Yea, the hand of the princes and rulers hath been first in this faithlessness. The people are telling Ezra, even the princes, the chiefs of our tribes, did it first as a bad example to the rest. They started marrying the pagan women and also having their own sons marry pagan women. 3. And when I heard this thing, I rent my garments and my mantle and plucked off the hair of my head and of my beard and sat down appalled. Ezra went into mourning when he learned what the Levites in Jerusalem had done because it was so exceedingly evil. Because from time immemorial, God had always told the Israelites never to intermarry. Because when they marry pagan women, they always start practicing paganism. And so this is what Ezra is really upset about. Now, he didn't pull out all of his hair or all of his beard, but he did pull out some of it. This is similar to what happened to Jesus when. He was mocked and beaten. They ripped some of his beard out, but they did it to him against his will, whereas Ezra is doing it to himself in mourning. 4. Then were assembled unto me every one that trembled at the words of the God of Israel because of the faithlessness of them of the captivity, and I sat appalled until the evening offering. Ezra was so upset that he didn't eat or speak or do anything until the sun set when it was time for the evening offering. And everybody just sat with him because they saw that their teacher, Ezra, who is in the lineage of the high priest, was very, very upset about their sin. Because this is the difference between life and death. This is the difference between salvation and eternal torment. This is why we should not take sin lightly. It's the difference between life and death. And God said, I put before you life and death. Choose which you want. Do you want to obey me or do you want to be destroyed? And Ezra sees this as destruction for their souls. 5. And at the evening offering, I arose up from my fasting, even with my garment and my mantle rent. His mantle is the head covering and the garment is the clothing that he's wearing. So he had torn both of them. And I fell upon my knees and spread out my hands unto the Lord my God. Now he's upright, but he's on his knees, and he's stretching out his hands to heaven. 6. And I said, O my God, I am ashamed and blush to lift up my face to thee, my God, for our iniquities are increased over our head, and our guiltiness is grown up unto the heavens. He is saying they are so guilty of sin, their sin has piled all the way up to heaven. 7. Since the days of our fathers we have been exceedingly guilty unto this day, and for our iniquities have we, our kings, and our priests, been delivered into the hand of the kings of the lands, to the sword, to captivity, and to spoiling, and to confusion of face, as it is 
this day. Ezra is saying, the reason that we always get persecuted is because we always sin. And from day one, we've continued to sin against you. Even when Moses was alive, the Israelites were sinning and practicing paganism. And Ezra is confessing that to the Lord, that the Israelites keep continuously going back into sin. 8. And now for a little moment, grace hath been shown from the Lord our God to leave us a remnant to escape and to give us a nail in his holy place that our God may lighten our eyes and give us a little reviving in our bondage. When he said to give us a nail, that seems to be a metaphorical thing saying, out of all of the land of Israel, you've given us this one little tiny place. The nail is referring to a tent stake because they only have one city that's been given back to them. 9. For we are bondmen, yet our God hath not forsaken us in our bondage, but hath extended mercy unto us in the sight of the kings of Persia, to give us a reviving, to set up the house of our God, and to repair the ruins thereof, and to give us offense in Judah and in Jerusalem. Ezra is saying, You have allowed us to go back to Jerusalem through the kings of Persia, who have said that we could go back. Even though we were slaves to Persia, you still allowed us to go back. 10. And now, O our God, what shall we say after this? For we have forsaken thy commandments. 11. Which thou hast commanded by the servants, the prophets, saying, The land unto which ye go to possess it is an unclean land through the uncleanness of the peoples of the lands, through their abominations, wherein they have filled it from one end to another with their filthiness. Now their filthiness was child sacrifice, sex trafficking, prostitution, which was all in the name of religion. The pagans required prostitution and trafficking to honor their fertility gods like Isis and others, and Baal and Moab. 12. Now therefore give not your daughters unto their sons, neither take their daughters unto your sons, nor seek their peace or their prosperity forever, that ye may be strong, and eat the good of the land, and leave it for an inheritance to your children forever. Now Ezra is speaking to the people, saying, You are not to marry the pagan women for prosperity or for peace. You only look to God for peace. You don't look to the pagans to make friends with them so that they won't go to war with you. You look to the, you look to God to have peace with the pagans. 13. And after all that has come upon us for our evil deeds and for our great guilt, seeing that thou our God hast punished us less than our iniquities deserve and hast given us such a remnant, Ezra is saying, God, you should have punished us way more than you have, but you've always been merciful and only punished us less than what we deserve. And now you're giving us this remnant of Jerusalem back. 14. Shall we again break thy commandments and make marriages with the peoples that do these abominations? Wouldest thou not be angry with us till thou hast consumed us so that there should be no remnant nor any to escape? Ezra is telling God, if we don't stop sinning, you'll eventually stop being merciful, and none of us will escape your wrath, rightfully so. 15. O Lord, the God of Israel, thou art righteous, for we are left a remnant that is escaped, as it is this day, behold, we are before thee in our guiltiness, for none can stand before thee because of this. Ezra is saying, none of us can stand before your throne of judgment, because we have so much guilt. And that concludes this part of Ezra's prayer, where he is confessing the sins of Israel to the Father. And we'll see in the next chapter 
what the outcome of this prayer is. And that concludes Ezra chapter 9.